Money FM 89.3. Best of your money. Read with Michelle Martin on Your Money. Only on Money FM 89.3. He's a Bloomberg opinion columnist and the author of the book Secondhand Travels in the New Global Garage Sale. Reading his book, I realize I have a condition called PMDC. I am a preemptive morbid declutterer. I really don't like stuff. And so it took me a while to get even close to this book, which looks at, you know, what happens to our stuff? Does it end up in a vintage shop, the flea market, used goods enterprise in Ghana? I was talking a little bit about this book to a friend of mine who taught in Africa and he said he noted that a lot of the children there wore the same t-shirt almost every single day and a lot of the time they were wearing these t-shirts bearing American insignias because those were the t-shirts that would, would last for them. So that piqued my interest. I picked up the book secondhand and I love it and I hope you read it. Secondhand travels in the new global garage sale. Adam Minta joining us live right now. Adam, you, you wrote a the first book that you wrote was Junkyard Planet, a journey into the surprising afterlives of our former possessions Sessions. You also touch on downsizing and discarding. How is this book different from Junkyard Planet? Sure. Well, my first book was really focused on the things we are accustomed to putting in the recycling bin. Could be plastic bottles, could be aluminum cans, you know, newspapers, cardboard boxes. And, and that's a globalized trade, as we all know, uh, you know, from wealthy countries into less wealthy countries generally. Singapore sends a lot of recycling to Malaysia. What I wanted to do with this book is sort of take it one step up and not look at the bottles and, and the containers and that kind of thing, but look at more durable things like our clothing, like our furniture, like our electronics. And what happens to that stuff, stuff that oftentimes uh, can still be used? And I suspected, and, and I turned out to be correct in my suspicions, that this too is a global trade uh, that impacts all of us. And so, so that really was the start of the book for me. Mm. And who largely is profiting or which areas are profiting from the reuse of our stuff? Well, it's interesting. You know, the, uh, the, the two biggest sectors of it are textiles, apparel, it, most people think of, but also things like bed sheets and hospital gowns and anything that's fabric. Hotels are a big part of this. That is a massive multi-billion dollar global trade, sending, you know, used textiles around the world, whether they are to be reused as textiles and bed sheets and blouses and jeans, or they may be cut up and turned into rags or stuffing in, in sofas and, and pillows and that kind of thing. Uh, the other big sector, and I think we are all sort of consciously aware of it, is secondhand electronics, which is an enormous sector. Um, and that's everything from, you know, the smartphone I may be talking to you on mm-hmm. to washing machines. And that stuff goes all over the world, and it's not just from developed countries to less developed countries, but you're seeing a lot of trade in this kind of material between developed countries now, too. Does this book go over the sort of thinking and decision-making that leads stuff to go into one of two ways, either landfills or new homes? Yes, it does. I mean, um, for me, you know, there's, there were sort of multiple reasons to write this book, but one of them was quite personal because I had the experience of having to go through my mother's things after she passed away mm. uh, with my sister. And, and the two of us went through this process of saying, what is worth to us to keep, what might be worth something to somebody else. And to a certain extent, that very personal, very emotional process 
takes place on, you could almost say on an industrial scale, in charities and for-profit used goods enterprises, you know, in Singapore, in North America, and in the export market, Port Klang in Malaysia is an enormous market for used clothes. And you see people, to some extent, going through the same process. My sister and I went through, you know, deciding what we wanted to keep with my mother's, only they tend to do it more from a financial perspective. So this isn't just the process of, say, dumping your unwanted things onto other people, but it's a process of determining value. Sometimes that may be emotional value, and as you and I talked each other and people who have stuff you know we you know we love that sweater we can't let it go even though we maybe don't want it anymore or it's financial value just saying you know this this old smartphone nobody's going to use this 12 year old smartphone anymore and, and it needs to go in the recycling bin not the reuse bin where is singapore stuff going adam well that's a very interesting question so a great deal of it actually just flows into Indonesia, especially the textiles and apparel. You know, Indonesia has a huge demand, especially outside of Jakarta, for used things. And if you travel in Indonesia at all, you'll see, to some extent, the consumer goods market there is entirely secondhand. And a great deal of it comes from Singapore because Singapore is wealthy and it generates so much more than it can possibly reuse on its own. But Singapore also sent things uh, to, to uh, Malaysia, and there is a huge and thriving trade in Singapore automobiles, and when we talk about secondhand, we shouldn't forget there are secondhand automobiles out there. A lot of Singaporean automobiles, after they can't be used on the road anymore, are exported to Africa, and occasionally they'll be bringing electronics with them. So it's, you know, even though we may think of Singapore not having you know a big reach in terms of its export industries, the secondhand export industry is truly global. Does this book give us a sense of the cultural attitudes towards throwing away or purging clutter? Do we know which countries do that more than others? We do. I mean, to some extent, every country does once it's reached a certain income level. To me, that was one of the more shocking things about this book. I know from previous reporting, the more money a country earns, the more it throws away. And that's axiomatic. And you can see that everywhere. But I was surprised. You know, we tend to associate, for example, Japan with a very thrifty, almost Zen-like attitude. And we almost exoticize it, in part because of decluttering experts like Marie Kondo. Mm. But, you know, the amazing thing to me, after I spent a few weeks in Japan uh, with people who deal in secondhand goods there is they said um, invariably to a person the Japanese are more wasteful than the Americans and there's a couple of reasons for that one is you know they're very wealthy and they have smaller homes and they like fashion so if you have small homes you have a lot of money and you like fashion you're going to cycle through a lot of stuff and that means that uh, you're, you're actually going to end up having to find somebody to reuse it and so Japan has a massive secondhand export industry which we don't often hear about because when we think of secondhand Japan we think of vintage but they actually export vast amounts of stuff into Southeast Asia, and there are dozens of enterprises in Southeast Asia selling used Japanese things that just cannot be, uh, there's just too much of it in Japan, can't be reused there. Is this ultimately a hopeful book? What does this book say about what needs to change for a truly sustainable future? I think it is hopeful uh, for, for a couple of reasons. One, we are seeing, especially amongst younger people, millennials, Generation Z, a much more intense willingness to reuse. One of the figures that shocked me as I reported this book is that the fastest growing sector of the global apparel industry is reuse. It's secondhand, and it's growing very quickly, and you're seeing some of the world's biggest apparel retailers getting into it. Nordstrom, the American luxury retailer, now has resale shops in its, uh, its major Manhattan, uh, New York headquarters. So that's a big shift. Um, and so that's one reason to be really hopeful. Younger people seem to be more attuned to the need for sustainable consumption. And I think we're going to see more of that. Has this book changed your own attitudes towards decluttering? 
Absolutely. I mean, <laughs> uh, when, I started, when I started this book, I wasn't much of a shopper to begin with, but as I traveled the world in this book, I was in 12 countries for this book, and just seeing the excess, as much reuse as I saw, there's just so much more than what can be reused. It impacted me personally, it impacted my family, and we find ourselves just shopping less. But more than that, I find myself thinking, you know, I don't want to leave behind to my son a huge pile of stuff to clean out like you know to some extent my mother did god bless her she passed away but we had to figure out what to do with her stuff and i've talked to so many readers around the world who say they've been confronted with the same thing so it has impacted how i shop and and keep things and consume it's a fascinating book and thank you for this conversation adam minter there and his book is titled secondhand travels in the new global garage sale it's what i'm reading this morning to listen to more great interviews download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download the SBH Radio app available on Google Play or the App Store.